And as I was thinking about this word forward, um, today we're in our One Church Sunday. This is the first time we've been able to sing uh, like this. And of course, there are people online in other locations. But I was thinking, what do I bring after such a difficult season and period of time? And I really felt that I just wanted to take hold of that simple word forward because I do believe that it's not a time for standing still. It is appropriate. It's always appropriate to wait on the Lord. And we've sensed that. We've sensed that we'd have to wait and get back to some simple truths. But ultimately, uh, the, the movement of the church is forward. Did you like that last song? It's pretty impressive, isn't it? The foundations of what we believe. The church is meant to be moving on. Uh, and sometimes we limit ourselves to our small world and we need to remind ourselves that all over the world the spirit is moving and the church is growing and we want to be part of that forward movement. So it's great to be able to gather today. It's great also to be able to continue to be online. And for some people it's been a, a life flow online and um, online ministry will be continuing as we go going forward. But... As many of you know, the new structures of communities allows us to get back into fellowship and friendship together a lot faster. But it also allows um, the, the, the relational aspects of what we've always believed to be really at the forefront. Uh, we are on a journey as a family. We're brothers and sisters on a journey of faith together. And so meeting together is important. It's also been a delight to release more and more leaders into the leadership capacity. And uh, I'm so privileged and honored to be surrounded by such great people who are carrying these new communities. So across, uh, across Alive now, we have 15 communities. And um, we are wanting to continue to grow and ultimately to multiply. So today is a little bit of a challenge to us all because I don't know about you, but after periods of challenge, you're kind of, you're not really sure exactly what you should do and what pace you should go at. And I was thinking about how people respond to seasons of pressure, and I think we, we all respond in different ways. I think after hard times, some people go backwards. It's a sad thing, but statistically we're hearing across the churches in, in the nation that some people that were really at the forefront of the Christian faith are just wondering whether they really want to get back into church. And some are stepping backwards. You know, I was brought up with this quaint word backsliding, which is a, a strange word, isn't it? But the reason I think the word backsliding is used is usually people don't take a big jump backwards. There are incremental steps. There are little issues that come into people's lives. And therefore, I think it is a sliding process, sliding from the truth. And I'm just here to encourage you not to go backwards, uh, to think this word future. And right through the history of the Old Testament, you'll find the prophets were always speaking into this issue about the need to move forwards. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 7 verse 24, is speaking about God's people. He says, but they did not listen or pay attention. They went backward and not forward. And that's a, a, an amazing thing for God's people, isn't it? They went backward rather than forward. Folks, we've been talking, haven't we, about the big picture of God. Uh, Genesis, the Exodus, 
uh, God bringing his people, you know, through the desert, exile periods where God is moving on right the way through the Bible, and we get into the New Testament, God is moving on this big picture of redemption, and uh, I, for one, don't want to be going backwards. I think it's a time for going forwards, and some do go backwards, and I want us to encourage one another for people that are struggling with issues of faith. You know, it's okay to feel that you've got questions that aren't answered. It's okay to ask some of those awkward questions about the sovereignty of God and the power of God and the power of church and the power of prayer. It's okay to ask those questions that sometimes come out of a sense of doubt and some go backwards. I'm encouraging you to set your face forwards. Some, after periods of difficulty, wander around. Shall I go there? Shall I do this? What shall I do? Some people are thinking, you know, it's perhaps time to change churches. It's time to get a new, uh, a new thing in my life. And some wander around. And I've, I've been thinking about that in the history of God's people as well. And, of course, there were 40 years of wandering. It wasn't there 40 years in the desert going round and round. In the desert, of course, God provided for them. Pretty neat, wasn't it? He provided for them every day. He guided them. And yet, uh, we were never called upon to be people who were wandering in deserts. And some wander around, and I want to encourage you, find some stability. Find some friends. Get into groups where people can lift your arms. Uh, Be um, encouragers of one another, and particularly for those who've really had a hard time. And so, Israel had a period of wandering, but it was not God's intention. He was wanting them to be on a journey into the promised land. They eventually got there, but I wouldn't have liked to have been in that generation that wandered throughout their days. So some go backwards, some wander, and some actually won't make decisions. Uh, Or they will think about, you know, when I feel different, I'll make a move. Uh, Some were saying, you know, when, when church is maskless, I'll go. I understand all that. As some saying, I'll only go to church when we can sing. I think we've had some lessons about worship isn't just singing, guys. Worship is in the presence of the Lord. There are people across the earth that are unable to sing in public places, but they're passionate about gathering together. And I'm here to just encourage us a bit. There's a word, procrastination. It's a great word, isn't it? Procrastination. It means the action of delay or postponing something. You know, putting it off until another day. And sometimes people put things off. Uh, think, I'll think about getting back into group eventually. You know, when I feel a bit better. You know, when rates of infection are down. And please, please, don't misunderstand me. If there's a vulnerability in your life, keep connecting online and keep connecting with us. You know, there, there aren't grade A and grade Bs among, uh, among us. We're, we're all in this helping one another together. You know, we've just been through the Beatitudes, haven't we? I think it's been a great series. And some of the Beatitudes are kind of getting you up the mountain or getting you up the hill, getting you into the presence of God. And then the second number of Beatitudes, you coming down the other side into the world and bringing the life that you've received at the top of the hill down into the valleys and among people. 
But sometimes church can be a little bit like that old song, can't it? The grand old Duke of York. He had 10,000 men. He marched them up to the top of the hill, marched them down again. Nothing much changes. We're just doing the things we've always done. We'll just keep coming to meetings. Life and church was not designed for going up and down and not making a difference. We go up into the presence of God to receive more of his power, more of his life. I just want to underline those words of prophecy today. The Holy Spirit wants to encourage us, to fill us again, so that then we can come back into our daily situations, the humdrum world that we live in, the difficulties in workplace that we may be facing, and we come down carrying something of that presence, being peacemakers, you know, living a kind of meek life that changes our world. A friend of ours, Tony Miller, who recently went to be with the Lord, he always had those little quotes that I rushed to to make note of. This is what he said. I think it's a great quote. Most often, people who are experiencing downward spirals in their personal life can trace the downward trend to them spending more time listening to themselves than talking to themselves. That's worth thinking about because actually if we listen to ourselves, we may listen to our doubts, our fears, the media, the things that we're mulling around in our minds. But the prophets and the psalmists knew that sometimes you've got to speak to yourself. You've got to speak to your soul. Uh, Why are you downcast, O my soul? You've got to speak to yourself. And I'm in a speaking to myself mode at the moment because sometimes you don't feel like certain things, do you? Sometimes you think, uh, let's just have a peaceful life. And if we're not careful, we begin to take our focus off being forward-looking people. And the church is always intended to be forward-looking. If you don't believe me, listen to Smith Wigglesworth. He said this, do not think back, look back, or act back. I think that's great. And it was a part of his life looking forward seeing that God was on the move. You see, always God's people had to follow the ark or the presence. They had to be ready to move. Let me restate that it is appropriate for space. It is appropriate to take some time to wait. But it's when God says move that you move. It's when the ark moves, we move. And we're ready because that onward push is always forward. So today, I'm putting a call out across the live. And I know you're all listening. And the call is this. It's time to move forward. And there are two big motivators that I think underline what I want to say today. The first we call the Great Commission. You know this stuff. But in Matthew 28 and verse 18, familiar words, it says, Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The great commission is the great motivator. We really don't have a choice in this. The gospel needs to be out there. You see, our little lifespan, uh, what are we making of it? 
There are people that need to hear the good news of Jesus. There are people who need their lives impacted. And it's not a time for the church to be backing off or, or uh, uh, going round in circles. It's time for us to be ready to share the faith. That doesn't mean we've all got to have big Bibles and preach on streets. You know, it's going to be through our influence and through our help and sometimes through a smile and through our care. But the great commission is that command of the Lord because we've got to go and somehow we've got to go to the people that desperately need it. This is the motivator, the great commission. But also there's the great commandment. Uh, You know, we go carrying God's love. Uh, We don't want to just go back into programs and I ought to do this and I ought to do that. The motivator needs to be God's love. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything in the Old Testament, the story of God, it all hangs on these two things. Love God with all your heart and love people. And that ought to be a forward-looking thought that grips us so that we say, whatever I'm feeling, uh, whatever I need to be speaking to myself these truths, I believe it's time for the church to really hear, and I, I want us all to hear this. I think it's time for us to move forward. Now, that'll mean different things to different people, but maybe as I bring this to a conclusion, I could share three things that I think it could look like for us. You know, it's not just um, whipping up the troops. It's not just saying, guys, let's get up and go. I think there are some drivers to this. I I think we have to hear something from heaven that inspires us so that it's not hard work, so that it's not, oh, more pressure. You know, the church is making me do this and that. No, this is a a light thing in the sense that if it's given by God, it's not a weighty, heavy thing, but it becomes a joy to serve the living God. So let me mention three things. The first thing is this, move forward in authority. Move forward in authority. I found this very interesting verse. I'd never read it before. It's found in Numbers 8 and verse 3, and it's about the temple. And here's the verse. It's just one verse, but I think there's something very important in this. It says, Aaron set up the lamps so that they faced forward on the lampstand, just as the Lord commanded Moses. It's just a a, a verse, but actually the light was pushing forward. There was something coming out of that temple that was a forward movement. And that reminds me of a psalm, Psalm 119 and verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path. In other words, as we move forward, it is in the light of the word of God, his lamp, that actually it might just be a foot stepping forward. It might be a couple of steps forward. But as we do that, the Word of God becomes a lamp to us. It gives us a a light. We're not going to be moving just forward into the darkness. Sometimes you can't see too far. But I think if we come under the authority of Jesus, and as we move according to his pace, we move forward in authority, and that authority is God's word. You know, as a church and as a network, we do believe very much that we are called to be a church of the word and the spirit. 
You know, when you come under the authority of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit inspires and lights up our path, then I believe that that forward motion is not a hassle, it's a delight and it's a joy. So move forward in authority. Secondly, move forward into maturity. Across Alive, and I think this is true of the church in the UK, we need to be thinking more about discipleship. What does it really, really mean to be a follower of Jesus in the 21st century? What kind of cost do we have to face? And I suggest that that movement forward is to do with a maturity issue, where we're growing up in the faith, where we're moving on from things that I'm just looking to please me, where I'm moving into a dimension that I'm calling maturity, and I'm getting to the age where I ought to face some of these things by now. But maturity is what we're called to. Hebrews 6 verse 1 says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. And God's calling us all to grow in the faith, to develop further than we've been before. As I look around, some of you have been walking with the Lord for a long, long time. Don't think, you know, you, you've hit the peak. <laughs> there's, there's more for you. Uh, can I say to the older generation here, don't, don't think, you know, retirement from the things of God. Uh, yeah, you'll have to change your pace a little. But it's important that we have the experience of the elder generation beginning to speak into the generations coming through. We desperately need mums and dads in the land. And we need some grandmas and granddads that are able to speak into new Christians that are just facing the trials and tribulations that some of us never had to face. We, we need one another, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Uh, this thing called community and family is more important than we realize. Jesus didn't die on a cross in order that you and I could just have a little personal walk with Jesus. You in your small corner, I in mine. No, it's to do with church. It's to do with community. Amen. Listen, there's a big push against gathered church. It's out there. And uh, if you want to be counterculture, this is it, be in church. Commit to the purposes of God and be a person that moves forward into maturity. And my final point three, always good to have three points, though you noticed I had three before that, which makes six. But move forward into destiny. Now, this is where I keep reminding us of the big story. Let's remember our lockdown teaching. Can you remember we went right the way through the Bible, you know, with that wonderful book and Andrew Alderton's teaching, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, going right through the Bible, the big picture of God, and then we got into the New Testament, didn't we, and reminded ourselves that the Son of God came into this world to save us and to set us free, and then we saw in the Acts of the Apostles a church that starts to move, church that believes in the power of God, signs and wonders that are being brought into the world, and the world gets good news and then we go through the rest of the New Testament and we dipped into Revelation, didn't we? And we talked about the fact that there's a destiny ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, this world is not what we are made for. The Bible says we're citizens of heaven. We're on a journey. Now, most in the UK, and, uh, and I would count myself as one of them, I'm not thinking about death and dying every day. That's for sure. 
But I'll tell you what, there's one thing common to every human being, and that is this, that there is a day appointed when we will die and when we will stand before God. And I just have to point us to this, that there is a God picture that's moving on, and there's a destiny for the people of God. Hebrews 11 verse 10, the the father of faith, a man called Abraham, it says, for he, that's Abraham, was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Think about this for a minute. Abraham brought up in a pagan situation. If you read his life, some of it wasn't the most exciting. He messed it up on a number of occasions. He lived in tents. I mean, imagine camping for your life. Or every day, you know, let's, let's pitch the tent again. Let's, let's move on. And a lot of the time, the Bible says he didn't know exactly where he was going, but he had his eyes on destiny. He had a call, and he'd seen a city. He'd seen something. He'd seen a city. He'd seen whose architect is God. He had a glimpse of that future world and that future life. If you think about Jesus, the Bible says he set his face like a flint to go to the cross because this is to do with destiny. This is to do with purpose. You know, every time I I speak in a situation like this, I realize that there's an opportunity for people who don't know there's an answer for life, don't know there's life beyond the grave, have not come into a living faith with Jesus. I have to tell you today, that's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. God sent his one and only son into this world to die on a cross And folks, the great news is this. He rose on the third day. He broke the powers of sin and death and hell. And he's alive forevermore. And if you believe this great story, and get on board, little children. I think this is the best news that we can give. There's a purpose to it all. There's a journey with a conclusion. Irene's looking at me and saying, please don't sing again. The destiny is an eternal home. 2 Peter 3 says it well, and I'll close with this verse. 2 Peter 3 verse 13. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. The home of the righteous. This is not it. There's an eternal story going on. And you can be a part of that today. I'm going to ask Neil just to come up. We